oh, I have to call my mom and I can't believe I'm telling her that I'm fucking goofy. I hate being goofy. Hey guys, I'm Alon. And I'm David. Welcome to I Finally Watched, where we talk about movies that at least one of us has never seen before. And today, I finally watched Swingers. So Swingers is about this character, Mike Peters, who moves from New York to LA. Uh, He's played by Jon Favreau. And he's struggling uh, to kind of like boost his confidence and get over his last relationship of like, what is it, six years? Mm -hmm. Um, He's like in this like limbo of like, they haven't officially broken up, but they're not together anymore because of his move uh, to to LA. And uh, he's like... (laughs) kind of really struggling to get over her and get back out there. He has his buddies um, trying to help him out. Trent, played by Vince Vaughn, is kind of like the the main best buddy guy who's trying to like... Hey, best, yeah. best buddy guy. Best buddy guy. He's trying to... like He, he has a lot of faith in Mike to get back out there and to, to like pick up women. Trent's kind of like a self-proclaimed pickup artist, I guess. Uh, and tries to teach uh, Mikey the ropes on how to get back out there. And uh, yeah, the whole movie just kind of takes place in, I would say, like a week or two. And uh, him trying to get over her and, and boost his confidence. So this is one of my favorite movies of like all time. Um, I don't know why. It's you know, it's like a early 90s, mid 90s movie. And it has a lot of, uh, you know, not great camera work and um, kind of sloppy in, in some places. But for me, I think it's the way it really wraps up in the end that just kind of uh, did it for me. It just it established it as one of my favorites. So when I'm did curious. You, when did you see it? Uh, it must have been like around... 2011, 2010. Um, it was right after one of my breakups. Um, and very cathartic. It, yeah, it's it, you know, it's funny because um, one of my other favorite movies, 500 Days of Summer, um, was also right after one of my other breakups. And so I think it's almost like the the situation that i'm in versus what movie i watch if it's like cathartic to my healing it it's one of my favorites just automatically um so back to swingers being one of my favorites what did you think watching it for your first time the beginning of the movie is very purposely awkward um putting you in this place uh, of these guys who think they're a little bit bigger than they are um it starts out with uh trent taking uh mikey to vegas and this whole plan they have of rolling up to a, a, a blackjack table with 300 dollars, and the pit boss is going to see that they're high rollers and comp them a room and food and um and he can't even figure out how to how to get chips for his 300 dollars uh like he's never been there before and then loses his first hand um 
Because he, uh, he doubled down on 11. Which you're always supposed to do, so it right. wasn't the wrong. It, you know, if you're only results-oriented, it seems like a bad move, but it's the right play. So, And then he has to go over to the $5 table, and he, you know, he's just pissed for the rest of the night. Um, which actually, watching the credits, the, the woman at the $5 table that wins and then gets uh, the pit boss comes over and wants to comp her a breakfast, which is just like a, a final, like, nail in this night. Um, that was John Favreau's mom. Oh, really? Yeah, in the credits it says, um, I don't know, Patty Favreau, whatever. It says, uh, you know, the last name Favreau, so I assume it's his mom, which is really funny. I mean, I guess it could be his grandmother. I don't know. Um, have, you, um, have you ever, like, gambled in a casino? I went to Vegas for my friend's bachelor party and started out at roulette, which I thought I had a system for, and then realized afterwards that that's impossible because you can't have a roulette system. Um, and then when I looked at my system, I was like, that doesn't even make sense. That's just like, and I'm still going to lose. Uh, and then I played a little blackjack, uh, which I did all right at. And then I really wanted to play poker, but I went to a table with like 60 bucks and just got not destroyed because I played poorly, but just that only got me a few hands before I was just putting in all my chips after four or five hands because it wasn't, you know, the blinds kept eating me away. So I think in yeah. my whole Vegas trip, I lost like 200 bucks or something, which was not as bad as some did on that trip. But um, back to the movie, I think um, even after that scene, you know, they pick up that lady and um, uh, who works at the casino and she brings her friend and then Mikey's telling them he's a comedian, but then just keeps making really bad jokes. And they go back to their trailer and, and Trent goes into the other room with one of the girls and he checks on Mikey and thinks he's making out with this girl. But then Mikey wants to, uh, Mikey's telling her another person about his six year uh, girlfriend who he's just broken up with and he doesn't want to know what to do. And it's, it's killing him inside. And like, well, I think, uh, well, I think a lot of like Mike's um, obstacles in his like relationship building, not with just like girls, but even with his friends, um, they get more and more frustrated with him because he won't let go of, of this old relationship. Not, not, that the, not that he won't let go, but he just won't stop talking about it at every chance he gets to the point where they just wanna have a normal freaking conversation with the guy <laughs> and they can't. Um, so in a lot of ways that, that ruins or not ruin, but hinders a lot of his relationships throughout the movie. Yeah. And as I was saying, he, he ruins Trent's chance with this girl, which afterwards Trent just says, I was just doing this for you. I didn't even, even care about her. The only, the only person in Mikey's life, at least that we meet that really does care kind of about what Mikey's going through is, I think it's character's name is Rob played by Ron Livingston who uh most people know from office space um has one apparently been through a breakup recently and kind of knows what he's dealing with and two is you know if Trent is the devil on Mikey's shoulder trying to get him to go out and just sleep with women randomly and and just have fun all night uh Ron Livingston's character is the angel just trying to to get him right and make him feel better and um 
get him to a better place mentally. But up until I would say when they leave Vegas, that's when the movie to me really took off. And from there on, I really enjoyed it. And I watched it a second time. And obviously when you know the awkward parts are coming, they aren't as awkward. They don't hit you as hard, but man, when he's going through it, and I think it's so awkward too, is because as a, this is, I think this is obviously a movie that guys probably enjoy more. Um, they, yeah, can relate, I, they can relate to more as like, as the chasers. Um, yeah. But you see, you see Mikey doing things that you're just like, one, probably have dabbled in a little bit as far as calling too much, maybe. And two, just like, <laughs> you, you just know is so stupid. Well, I want to back up to the Vegas trip because I feel like there's a lot of, a lot of key moments. Um, Mikey is obviously the main character. But I would even say uh, Trent, um, Vince Vaughn's character, is probably like the Jack Sparrow of the movie. Like he's the most entertaining to watch, uh, in my opinion, just because he's, he's so, he has this charisma about him, but he's also very stupid. <laughs> and uh, one of my favorite parts of, the movie is when they're in the trailer um, before they leave Vegas. Uh, they're in the trailer with the two girls. His story about his his miscasting call, uh, where he was supposed to play like an eleven year old kid. I thought that I I think that's one of the funniest monologues in the movie. What did you think of that monologue? Because I thought it was just one of the funniest. I really enjoyed it, but he's such a a BSer that I'm almost like. I, Toward, like throughout the movie I'm just wondering like because they don't really go into a lot of background details but I'm just wondering like what does Trent actually do like I know he's an actor but he calls himself a producer like what is he actually I don't know what he does I don't know how any of these people like afford <laughs> to go out as much as they do um, obviously they're very they seem to be somewhat frugal but yeah that story I, I really I, I did enjoy it it obviously looked like Mikey wasn't enjoying it because it's probably like the 45th time he's had to he's had to hear that story but right. yeah it, it, I, I I completely agree that the this movie is great because of Vince Vaughn it's obviously kind of catapulted him to the career he's had um but yeah that story is great and he's great in the movie well so the other thing that I really enjoyed about this movie is they had a couple moments that seemed so out of place but like were still really funny uh, the first example I saw was the uh, the answering machine trying to console Mikey after he listens to his messages in the beginning. Right. Like, uh, don't worry, you're better than she is, or you don't need her. And I, to me, it was like such a gag from like a like Scrubs or something. And it's like not something they really did throughout the rest of the movie. They didn't like do weird stuff like that, except for the end when he sees Lorraine, um, Heather Graham. And like he looks and sees her and she's kind of looking at him and they're kind of having a moment. And then he looks away and then looks back and sees a little, a little bunny rabbit sitting at the bar. And that is a callback to earlier when Vince Vaughn and, and Sue are, are saying, you know, you're a bear and she's a bunny. And you just don't know what to do. You don't know how you have these claws and you don't know how to handle her. And you, you just got to act like a bear and you got to go in for the kill. And so it's funny because that moment, it's one, it's just like one of those sight gags that like those two moments are there's nothing else really like those in the movie, but it kind of, it kind of also just is perfectly showing you like, okay, he's now in the headspace where he's ready to move on. 
and it's like that was kind of a key moment I think those moments yeah like they're kind of like supernatural moments um out of the realm of reality of of what the movie has kind of gotten you used to um but I think it really puts you like you were saying in the mental state of the character as a guy you know very easy to relate to not just the main character but almost a certain way you know we've we've been in Mikey's shoes before you know maybe at a party we've been a rob and at a different party we've been kind of a trent and i, I feel like you can understand where each of these characters are coming from as a guy uh so i just i really like the movie for for that they go back out kind of like what is it the six of them um a guy named sue uh, a couple other guys i don't quite remember their names but they uh they're out and about and then there's like this good looking lady at, at um the bar and like you mentioned before this is when trent and uh, sue were giving mikey the advice like he's a bear he just has to kill the rabbit he has these claws and these teeth and he just doesn't know what to do with them um but he just has to go in for the kill and so he does and he gets the number from the girl and there's this whole kind of back and forth thing throughout the movie from there on out is does he take a day to call her does he take two days does he take six days to call her back um and and he calls her back that same uh, that very night and it goes horribly wrong yeah the phone call was one was one where the first time i watched it uh the other night like i had to pull my shirt over my head and just like no dude stop doing it like it's fine you know, like when the when his when the first when he makes the first call and it goes to voicemail, and he's like the number kind of gets caught, cut off. I was like, man, if if you do call back, just like real quick, say the number and get out of there. But no, he doesn't do it. Gets cut off again, goes again, and then by like the fifth time, he's like, I don't think this is working out. Which that's like the funniest part of it. Him breaking up with someone who he's never even like <laughs> just got her phone number. Just like I'm sorry, this isn't this isn't going to work out. And then her finally answering, he's like, Oh, were you listening the whole time? And she's like, do not call me again. I, I would have to say that's, you, you know, you mentioned Vegas as being kind of like the most awkward, the movie got, I would have to say where he is like seemingly recognized by this girl at the bar for not being a comedian, for not being an actor, but for basically failing a job application out of Starbucks. Um, and him denying it, I think that's one of the most awkward parts. That that's a part that I was like, oh, that's just that hurts which, like in the gut. Which you then see too. He learned from later on because he's trying to act like a, a badass, like, oh, I have a booking agent. I'm doing the Vegas circuit for comedy gigs. I'm about to buy a car, probably foreign. You know, you know, I think I deserve it. I've been working hard. But at the end, when he's talking to Lorraine, and he, you know. Lorraine is someone that um, is, you know, they hit it off and he's just being himself. It's finally someone who's kind of shares his, um, shares his, uh, his frustration of having a relationship that's gone south, but he's just very honest with her. Like, Oh, you know, LA is kicking my ass and I'm not really getting where I want to. And, you know, just lets her know, like things are not going well, but she, 
she kind of enjoys his honesty and um which is actually which is funny too because in the beginning and i want to get in like a larger conversation about the character trent because in the beginning trent says you know that the women respect honesty and in the end when mikey is finally honest it it works out for him you know and which is funny because Trent is a complete bullshitter, it would seem. But his advice is to be honest, and then it turns out to be, you know, great advice. And in the end, you know, he's with these girls, but he Trent's with these ladies, but he can't even concentrate because he's just watching, watching his boy Mikey, and he's so happy for him. He gets belligerently drunk just watching Mikey dance with this girl, and like he's just like that. Which it kind of leads me to the question: Would you be friends with Trent? Because Trent isn't a bad guy. Yeah, he's like the devil on on his shoulder that's kind of telling him, you know, do this, you know, it'll be fun. Uh, don't think of the consequence. And but he's he's not a bad guy. So yeah, I, I would be friends with him. I actually think, and I've had a friend like Trent. And I actually think Trent, you know, this movie today would be considered uh, problematic is what people would probably call it. Um, and Trent would be considered problematic. But I mean, really, Trent is, in his dishonesty, he's very open with what he wants, you know? And he's not, I think he's, he's not dishonest with the women he picks up. He's very straightforward, like, hey, grab your friend and let's go have some fun tonight. And that's all this is going to be. And he's also a good person in that he's trying to help out the friends around him you know what i mean he gets really mad when sue um really demeans mikey the level of respect that sue has for trent as sue has a gun in his back pocket and and trent is telling him to shut the f up and shoving him like he's like do not talk again i was like that's i mean one pretty ballsy but two it just it shows the kind of the the hierarchical the hierarchy of that group i'll get that word eventually and so I think Trent is honestly kind of a a good person. He just, I mean, what he wants is pretty sleazy, but he's very honest about it. And he also cares about the people around him. Um, maybe just doesn't care about the feelings of the of the women he's with, I guess, which is the the problematic part of it. You're right. He he definitely cares about the people he's with. He he cares about his friends. Honestly, I don't like Vince Vaughn as an actor. I I don't. He, this character he plays in Swingers is the only character I can actually tolerate from Vince Vaughn. The hottest of takes. Vince Vaughn, obviously, in a lot of movies, comedic movies, is just Vince Vaughn. Um, I think he has taken on some dramatic roles where he's kind of been um, lauded for uh, domestic disturbance, one I can think of. People didn't like the second season of True Detective, but I thought he was he was good in the episodes I saw. Um, and then I've heard really good things about uh, Brawl and Cell Block 99. But in the comedy season, old school Wedding Crashers, like I love Vince Vaughn in those movies. I think he's one of those comedic actors who the director just tells him, hey, this is the basis of the scenes, you know, be funny. And he's good at, at, at riffing like that. And I think that is exemplified in Swingers. Mm. So anyway, the other things I really noticed about this movie was, and we kind of talk about this a lot with older movies that we, 
that we rewatch or someone watches for the first time. But there were a lot of like just '90s stuff in this. Um, the opening credits were were really interesting because it's they played basically kind of a full. It wasn't Sinatra, but it was a Sinatra era type song, and um, that was just it was kind of a, a really like old school movie moment you don't see as much anymore. Um, mm-hmm. And then just the things of the times, every, everyone had answering machines and that was like such a huge plot point, which, you know, nowadays you'd be like, dude, don't, you can't text her for three days. Don't go onto her Instagram. Do not like her pictures. Don't try and find her. Do not follow her. You know what I mean? So it's mm-hmm. kind of the, and then I also noticed everyone had those steering wheel locks, which no one uses anymore. Right. But like, Every, every single character had him. It's like they, they panned in on it too, which is really funny. It's like they kind of knew what they were doing. Like these are going to be stupid in the years to come, I guess. Um, but all those little kind of touches I really enjoyed. Um, well, there's, there's, a, there's some tropes, um, like cinematic tropes in the movie. Uh, there's a part of it where they talk about Tarantino. And mm-hmm. I think they're talking about Reservoir Dogs. And it's like, oh, it's so unrealistic when they're all like walking towards the camera in slow motion. And it cuts to them walking towards the camera. Yep. And like this really low frame rate slow motion that does not, it's not smooth at all. And it goes on for way too long. Um, but, you know, and I, I accept it. Like, you know, I'll be like, okay, I'm okay with it because they kind of call themselves out on it before. Yeah, they're not, they're not taking themselves too seriously. Yeah, so it's like, okay, that's pretty funny. Um, and then it just drags and it's like, okay, okay, okay. Like you, you see a lot of homages to other filmmakers in this movie. I even, and I think it was just because of that just sheer 90s feel. But right. there when they're in their uh, apartment, I think it's Sue's apartment and they're playing the hockey game. Yeah. Um, I just got a very like clerks kind of vibe. I don't <laughs> know why. I just got very like, you know, early Kevin Smith uh, vibe. And then of course he had like the taxi driver poster in the back and the reservoir dogs poster in the back. Yep. Uh, so, and, and then the video game was like, you know pixelated hockey game and it's like oh the new version you can you can make them bleed and it's just like this two little pixels of of red um i i don't know it's it's like one scene to be like the 90s nostalgia that would be it well the the other thing too is because this was such a low budget it was like two hundred thousand dollars there was a lot of unexplored storylines but because of like the the money issue with the movie you know it's got to be a more contained movie so they can't you know mikey says he's uh he does a a comedy show uh an open mic every monday it's like they probably couldn't afford to have a scene where they show him do that but that would have been kind of interesting to see um and then you know i brought this up earlier but what does trent actually do you know maybe mm-hmm. it, would, it would have been interesting to see that for a little bit and the other thing i thought that was interesting and they kind of they mention it and it, it it sort of comes back up but um mikey talks about how sue's a badass and he one time like busted a dude's teeth in on the concrete and like you see sue pull a gun out that to me is almost more of like a, a punk move than someone who's a badass you know they wouldn't he wouldn't need the gun if he was you know a badass except for protection but he kind of pulls it out first you know, preemptively, proactively. And so 
it, it would have been interesting to see that explored a little differently. But obviously, with the, the budgetary limitations, I think it was the movie was really well done. And I sometimes like when they have these unexplored plot lines. You know, it's something they say, and it doesn't really matter, but it's a cool little detail to the movie. And so that that part of it was really great to me. Being on such a low budget, you notice um, like the second weekend when they're all out and about, instead of like shooting multiple locations uh, of like different bars and and, um, dance halls that they go to, uh, a lot of it is them leaving. So um, it makes me think like, oh, they couldn't afford to shoot inside the the place. So it's like, oh, we'll just show them leaving uh, and it's only the exterior. And I was like, okay, that's that's kind of cool. And then of course you could, I mean, they could have used the same bar for like five of those scenes and just redress the bar in a bunch of different ways. The main question I had after this movie is, what happened to Patrick Van Horn, uh, who played Sue? Because he did, I think, decently well in this movie. And I looked him up, and he had a few parts after this. And then his last part was 2008, Four Christmases, which is a Vince Vaughn movie that I'm assuming he like helped him get the part. But right. like, And I tried to Google him, nothing. I looked him up on Instagram, nothing. So I'm just like, he, did he disappear? Like, I, I, God, thought he I hope did. he didn't. I hope he didn't die. You're just telling me like, oh, he's done nothing. Well, Google didn't say he died either. So it's um, it's just kind of interesting because I thought he did pretty well in the movie. Um, and, you know, obviously Favreau, Heather Graham, Ron Livingston, Vince Vaughn have all gone on to have, I think Heather Graham is kind of like probably the most famous person in this movie Apart at from... the time. Oh, okay. You're saying at the time. Yeah, at the time. Um, but they've all had pretty great careers since then, uh, you know, all worked a lot. Um, even uh, Charles, who played the guy who was always like, yeah, this party's dead, let's get out of here. He was on, like, uh, that show Becker for years and years and years. Like, I recognized him from that. So it's just kind of interesting that it never really clicked for Sue, you know, after this. You know, one character I kind of feel like we didn't really talk about, uh, we don't have to go much into it, but is is Rob, Ron Livingston's character. Speaking of like the setup and the payoff, another really funny part is him being like, oh, I have to call my mom and I can't believe I'm telling her that I'm fucking goofy. I hate being goofy. And then he's like, you know, and it's it's it makes you think, oh, he he is goofy. And then you learn like, oh no, he's he auditioned for goofy and he just hasn't gotten the call back yet. And it's like, it's a part that's so below him and he feels like it's below him and then he doesn't get it and then the line i fucking kill for that role i'll be like <laughs> i'm like oh man that's so good and i i, I don't know it's just like mo- little moments through the movie that connect it all together is the thing that really establishes this movie as for me a, a great movie a well-written flick oh yeah i agree it's, it's very well written so I mean, I'm, I'm pretty much here, you know, defending it to the T, telling you how much I love it, why I love it. Um, you know, I love John Favreau, not a huge fan of Vince Vaughn, but I love his character in this. Watching this for the first time, what was your, like, overall take? Love it, hate it, eh? Um, starting out, uh, it was really rough. Uh, end of it, 
is really great rewatching it again now not having to have the the first time going through such awkwardness um yeah i really liked it i uh i think it's even probably something uh that uh you know if it's on tv or if i'm looking for something to watch and i see it that i would i would throw on again it it gives me uh it's kind of one of those movies that gives you i wouldn't want to live in la i definitely wouldn't want to be single in my 20s in la like hopping around bars but it kind of gives you a nostalgia for an era and a place like I haven't been, you know what I mean? It's just like a cool little slice of life of like this place that's kind of mythical to people that have never been to, uh, to LA. So yeah, it's, it's something I would watch again. I definitely want to watch. Um, I never saw made either, which is not like a sequel, but it's kind of like a, it's a Vince Vaughn, John Favreau movie, you know, five or you five or so mm-hmm. years later. That's like, I've, I've never like seen, an, it's an I've unofficial either. Well, maybe someday in the near future, so. Yeah, as an, as an episode, I think it definitely should be. All right, well, thanks for listening to I Finally Watched. I'm David, and I finally watched Swingers. Bye.